All right, live from D.C., live from Studio 6B, on a uh, Tuesday night, 8 p.m., live from the nation's capital down here at uh, World Headquarters in, <laughs> in D.C. Wow. for uh, Real America's <laughs> Voice. I, um, I tried to get into the press briefing room today to ask some questions of Jack Saki, <laughs> but uh, it didn't work out too well. No, did, well, did they no. say, oh, great, a stalker? <laughs> no, they actually said, oh, some, some easier questions than even normal from this guy. Uh, so, no, but I mean, well, I didn't get to see too much of Washington because I'm at Real America's Voice headquarters here in D.C., just the news. And, um, man, just fantastic facility. Uh, and everybody here is um, extremely nice. But let me get to the most important thing about the show tonight. And that is that Harry Oates, <laughs> Harry and Parker are answering phone calls tonight. So let's get on it right now. 844 wow. 844-995-3762. 844-995-3762 if you want to be part of the program. This is even better than sending me an email to um, LFS6B at Yahoo.com. Call Harry Oates tonight and call Parker. Look at Parker, by the way, ladies. He's... um. He might be available to talk about more than just politics. So, uh, 844-995-3762. And then you got Harry. Um, call now. <laughs> Harry. Well, yeah, exactly. Then we have Harry. Uh, Harry was taking calls pre-show. Was the he? phone was ringing. Yeah. Harry what was is- taking calls pre-show wow. here in D.C. Now, why does Harry look like he's wearing pajamas or he's just a, 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 like the only thing missing is an ascot or something? What's what's going on with his outfit? <laughs> no, well, Harry's wearing the Real America's Voice uh, merch, by the way, which looks fantastic. Uh, I stole some hats out of Harry's office and uh, I got I haven't got a shirt yet, but I need to get some shirts. I brought live from Studio 6B shirts down here. There we, look at Parker. See, wow. Parker crazy told town. me if I didn't bring him a crazy town shirt. I was going to be in big trouble, so I brought him Crazy Town and a bunch of other stuff that's just way too big for him because he is a young, <laughs> um, strapping young buck, and he could parachute in that shirt that fits me. <laughs> yeah, either that so. or him and Harry can wear it together and answer phones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, they can stuff them in the same thing. There, it could so. be the thing with two heads. Um, <laughs> well, it's good to be in D.C. Everybody here is uh, extremely, extremely uh, fantastic. It's just a fantastic operation, and uh, everybody's been helpful. Of course, they deal with professionals all day long, fantastic professionals like David Brody and Eric Greitens and Dr. Gina, and now they have to deal with, <laughs> deal with me. And, and you show. and your denim jacket walking in. <laughs> They're like, I think you got the wrong door, pal. No. Um, so anyways, we're in, I'm live in D.C., live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Lots to do, some serious business to talk about. Uh, Rick Emirati is going to have sports. Rick Emirati, how are you? And what's uh, coming up in uh, sports tonight? Good to see you, Big D. I'm doing great. And tonight we have 18 NCAA games in action. So the tournaments are heating up before Selection Sunday for this Sunday for the March Madness. We also have uh, the announcement of the uh, 2021 slate of uh, Hall of Fame finalists for the NBA. In addition to that, we got the PGA's tours position on the COVID-19 passport. Okay. Uh, Rick Delgado's doing double duty tonight. He's going to do some news. He's also going to do what even is that? What is the uh, subject matter of your what even is that tonight? Uh, subject matter is another ridiculous assault on the culture of America. Okay. 
Uh, very good. Uh, he'll have news as well. Yep. Um, you know, the Governor Cuomo thing is becoming kind of like an auction. <laughs> uh, do I hear six? I hear six. I got six. Do I hear seven? Do I hear eight? Do I hear eight? Do I hear nine? That's well, kind of what I, I hear now when I think of um, And we said this on the show. Once you have one, yeah. you have yep. two, the floodgates open, and sooner than later, you've got ten. Right. So, and so I think now, we're now up to six. Yeah. And seven's and, right around the corner. Yeah, and you know that more of them are coming out, like you said. It just, it, it kind of empowers everyone to come forward because feel like, all right, you know, I'm not going to be the only one. People won't attack me because now there's more than enough out there to say, okay, this could be legitimate. So now, uh, uh, the Pepe Le Pew of governors is uh, is now dealing with number six. Yeah, number six has come forward. The calls for um, impeachment are starting to grow. And, of course, the real scandal still is the nursing homes. And I think Rick has a story about this in news we'll get to as well. But, again, if you want to be part of the show tonight, 844-995-3762. Harry Oates and Parker are taking calls. Uh, so we want to hear from you, the audience, tonight, 844-995-3762. Give Harry a call. Tell him where you're from and what's on your mind. You can also send me LFS6B at Yahoo.com an email if you want to be part of the program as well. Um, Rick's going to do some news. I want to start, though, in um, something called PM, which I was not familiar with. But they have an article today uh, that says 50% of Americans question Joe Biden's mental and physical fitness for office. This is a poll. And I'm just wondering... Where, who are the other 50% is what I want to know in this thing. Who are the other 50 that are not questioning his mental fitness and his physical fitness? Have they, have they not seen him on screen in the last couple of weeks? Who was the other 50% I'm wondering? So this says a new poll conducted by Rasmussen uh, found that 50% of Americans question Joe Biden's physical and mental fitness. When asked, how confident are you that Joe Biden is physically and mentally up to the job of being president of the United States, 50% said they were not confident, <laughs> while 48% said they were confident or very confident. I want to know what number the very confident pulled, because I, 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 no one in their right mind is very confident about Joe Biden. It was probably the uh, survey, a bunch which, of 80-year-olds. It could be, yeah. The, uh, the survey, which included the voices of 1,000 likely U.S. voters, also found that 52% were concerned that Biden has not hosted a press conference since entering office. Uh, 46% said they were not concerned. According to Rasmussen, Biden's unwillingness to host a press conference has helped fuel concerns about his fitness for office, with many believing that he is hiding from the press. Well, he's, he's absolutely hiding from the press for multiple reasons. Number one, he can't speak in complete sentences. Uh, the brain's not working fast enough. Number two, maybe more importantly, there are no legitimate answers to some of the questions he's going to get about what's going on at the border, what's going on with these bills, what's going on with him acting like he's running a, um, he's, the, he's like uh, King George signing executive orders left and right with the stroke of a pen. So that's the other, maybe the more important reason that you're not seeing him in front of the press, because he has no legitimate answers to the questions he's going to get. Um, 
So according to Rasmussen, Biden's unwillingness to host a press conference has helped fuel these concerns. Biden's mental fitness for office was an issue commonly raised by Republicans during the 2020 election campaign, with critics often pointing to Biden's stuttering and forgetfulness. Uh, Supporters of Biden have, now, meanwhile, he said, I believe, on the campaign multiple times that the stuttering was something he was doing as a child. Right. um, And that he was not doing that anymore. I have have friends of mine who um, text me, you're making fun of his stutter. No, no, I'm not. I've never once even mentioned the word stutter on this program one time ever. I'm talking about the fact that he's an 80-year-old and in mental decline. Yeah. Of no fault of his own. That's life. That's what I'm saying. And he has the most stressful and important job in the world. That's what I'm saying. I'm not making fun of his. I've never mentioned the word stutter ever. No, not no, I've never heard uh, you supporters say of, so, yeah, I've never said it. Supporters of Biden have countered that the president has always been gaffe prone and that his occasional misstatements are not indicative of any cognitive decline. That from um, this outfit PM. And again, I don't know who the, what the other 50% here are watching. Right. Well, it's interesting because, you know, gaffes are one thing, but actual, when you see, when you see an interruption, I want to say in the circuit breakers, they're not, you know, the, the things aren't clicking through. That's a big difference. Like a gaff is, Hey, stand up. Oh geez. You're in a wheelchair. That's a gaff. You know, that's a mistake. It's like, Oh, you know, I totally forgot. Or, or mentioning that somebody's uh, Oh, you know, uh, let's hear it for your mom. Oh, she's dead. Oops. That's a gaff. <laughs> but when, when he starts going, uh, 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 uh um, that guy, uh, um, that, place he doesn't even know what the pentagon is and the guy the got, secretary you know of defense is standing right there and he can't recall the guy's name that's what you, you're talking um, about gee do you have that from yesterday i can't tell you how many emails and um facebook messaging and on twitch where we're streaming live every night how many responses i got to this crazy town from last night asking if we were going to post it this is, not, this is not Joe Biden stuttering at all. I've, again, I've never mentioned the word stutter. I certainly would not make fun of anyone. Well, period, number one, and certainly not with a stutter. Uh, but Joe Biden is not stuttering. Um, here is Joe Biden yesterday. Roll that, G. General Jacqueline Van Ovest. And, uh, and join General Van Overst as the only four-star, as another four-star general. He uh, is uh, reiterated in an interview this last week, and I'm the second person to say this, it's hard to be what you can't see. It's hard to be what you can't see, but you'll soon see. She flew to, in support of combatant, um, combat missions. And, uh, and conducting lift operations of her UE-1, the so-called UE, creating maternity flight suits and updating, uh, updating requirements for their st- hairstyles. And some of it is going to take an, uh, you know, an, an, an intensity and that they can completely, fairly engage in promotion, compete all across the board, including on the uh, you know, 
that both members of the uh, of the uh, of, of, of the military uh, couples can thrive while serving. I want to thank you for getting me off a mountain that was about 12 to 14,000 feet up on a goat path when our helicopter went down in a snowstorm. It's good to see you, General. The ride down that mountain was more perilous in the truck than it was in the helicopter, but thank you. And why he stepped up independent review, he set up an independent review commission on sexual assault. I want to thank General Von Ovest, uh, Ovest. I want to thank you both, and I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general, I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just talked about. So again, there's no more perfect example of what is going on with Joe Biden to me than that clip. Take out the crazy town music part. He cannot remember his own secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin. And he cannot remember what department he's in charge of. That has nothing to do with his uh, speech. That has to do with his brain. All right, live from Studio 6B, just getting started. On a Tuesday night, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. News when we get back. Sports coming up. Crazy towns. And phone calls. Hi, live from Studio 6P. 17 past the hour. Glad you're in on a Tuesday night. If you want to be part of the program, make sure you call right now. 844 844- Nine nine five three seven six two. Harry Oates and Parker are answering the calls, and um, they want to hear from you, the live from Studio Six B audience. And you can talk about whatever you want. Talk about the show, what you like, what you don't like, what's going on. HR one, you could talk about that. Harry's very up on HR one, and uh, I'm sure Parker is as well. Harry, and, um, why does Harry look like he's answering a dating line call? <laughs> That's, well, that's, 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 uh, that's very possible that that could happen. So, all right. Uh, speaking of Rick Delgado, let's do some news here with Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, a little bit of news. Since we were just talking about Joe Biden, let's uh, continue on with the resident. Um, according to a report, Joe Biden's German shepherd had a serious biting incident with White House security and has been returned home to Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Biden's dogs were returned to Delaware last week after one of the German Shepherds, Major, had an aggressive behavior incident with one of the White House security. According to the report, the condition of the victim is unknown at this time. And and at the White House, Major was known to display agitated behavior on multiple occasions, including jumping, barking, and charging at staff and security. So... Am I the only one who (laughs) thinks that this is actually... um a bigger story than people originally want to make it out to be. They just fluff it off as it's no big deal. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and you know what? It, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I, I don't think it's a, I just don't think it's a non story. I think there's something, I mean, w- what's the deal here? Right. And, and it's, it, well, these dogs are, were, um, what do you call it? They were rescued. Um, and I guess the do- I guess it happened last week, and nobody's really been talking about it. We actually have a clip where Mika, 
from uh, Morning Joe asked Jen Psaki about it, and uh, here's how that went down. I'm curious, um, because I'm a huge fan of rescue dogs, did Ma is Major still there? There's a report that he left, and did he bite somebody? Does Major bite? I, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any specifics. I don't have any updates for you, Mika, on on the reports about about an incident. But what I can tell you, as a dog lover, I know you are, is that Major and I Champ am. are part of the Biden's family. Uh, they're members of the family. They often go to Delaware when the first lady's traveling, uh, and they're adjusting to their new home. But you She's know, I, I don't have any more on those reports. I just know that they're they're beloved uh, members of the family, and of course, of the White House family too. She is doing exactly what she does in the press briefing room. Exactly what she does in the press briefing room. She is, number one, lying that she has no information. Of course she has information. She spends the most time with the president, probably, uh, maybe more than anybody else, especially with this president. How long it takes to go over things, to get things clear, to know what's going on? Of course she knows. There's something going on here with these two. So either. I mean, I don't know what the story is, but it just seems to me as a dog owner, there's something up with these. Um, it seems to me that there's something up with these dogs, and I don't well, know what yeah. it is. They didn't spend enough time with them, or it sounds like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, and, and the I simple did. fact that she couldn't even answer a simple question. What happened with the dog? The easy answer is, yeah, he got a little agitated. He bit someone. We apologize. The person's going to be okay. And, and that's all you got to say. But she's not even saying, right. well, he's still going to remain a part of the Biden family and they're going to be residing. It's like, just ant be normal, be a human. It's amazing. Well, they just lie and, and lie and not answer questions. Yeah, just no answers. They don't want to address even the simplest of um, topics. Yeah. Even this. So, all right, what else is going uh, on in the news? Amazing stuff. Well, uh, the LoveGov is at it again. Like you said, number six, facing uh, sexual harassment allegations from yet another woman. An Albany newspaper reported earlier today she accused Cuomo of inappropriate touching, inappropriately touching her at the governor's mansion last year after she'd been called there for work. When asked about the new report during his daily news briefing earlier today, about an hour after the report was published, Cuomo said he was not yet aware of it. Uh, he said, as I said last week, this is very simple. I never touched anyone inappropriately. He said, as I said last week, I've never made any inappropriate advances. He also urged the public to await the results of the state attorney general's office investigation into the matter before rendering a judgment. The paper said it was withholding the accuser's name because she could not be reached for comment at this time. But she reportedly worked as a staffer in the executive chamber, the state's version of the cabinet. Also, Cuomo's office Whoa. did not immediately respond to a request for comment of the sixth latest accusation leveled at the governor. I mean, there's pictures out there that uh, for him to say I didn't do, I mean, some of the pictures I've seen from this wedding of him with his hands up all around this girl's neck and ears, and she looks, of course, like she just saw Charles Manson coming at her. <laughs> she looks mortified. I know, I saw that picture. I mean, she looks mortified. So, I, I mean, that's, I mean, okay, you could say that's not inappropriate, but I don't know, I don't know what it is. I mean, and that's just the one case. Yeah. I mean, we've heard from a couple of these women now. Yeah. But. It, um, it's kind of amazing. I, and, and it's something we touched on in the first segment of how once that dam starts to break, 
all the other ones would be like, you know what? This happened to me. I was hiding it. And now I don't feel as embarrassed because I think a lot of it is they feel embarrassed. It's like, oh, yeah. I can't, you know, it, it, did this really happen? Uh, I feel like, you know, I, I feel weird now. And you, you saw some of the people that have accused them. They've changed jobs. They've left because it was that bad. Um, I have in front of me some breaking news here. Uh, this is this is unbelievable. Don't send them to the border. The, the defense secretary, of course, who Joe Biden couldn't remember yesterday, Lloyd Austin, has approved the request by Capitol Police for the National Guard to remain in Washington, D.C. now until May 23rd. Wow. I mean, what is going on? They're gonna, we're going to keep this fence up, and now we're going to keep the National Guard here until May 23rd? Meanwhile, the southern border is such a disaster, but that doesn't seem to concern them as much as, as the capital does. Right. All right, what else is in the so, news? So, so that's break. It, it makes you wonder, like, what is going on? What, what is happening there that we don't know about? Because they keep extending this. Um, real quick, before we go to break... This, this, is just, uh, this is from Just the News, John Solomon's website, of course. Uh, it's about the GOAT. Not, we're, not, we're not talking about Tom Brady. Many people praise the late Rush Limbaugh as the GOAT or the greatest of all time, according to his death certificate. Uh, TMZ ob- 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 obtained this conservative radio host death certificate, which reportedly listed him as the greatest, greatest radio show host of all time. Uh, Limbaugh's wife, Catherine Limbaugh, is listed as the person providing the information for the document. So TMZ believes that she's responsible for the name of his occupation on the certificate. Of course, uh, Rush died on February 17th from complications of lung cancer, and he was 70. He had received the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Trump last year before his death. And uh, Trump called Limbaugh a legend, which, of course, he is if if you've been a, a follower of radio at all. And Florida GOP Governor Ron DeSantis ordered flags be flown at half-staff after Limbaugh had died. So, yes, the GOAT has uh, actually been listed on his death certificate. So congratulations. Yep. One more um one more shot to drive <laughs> drive the liberal media absolutely insane. Uh well, which of course you, Yeah, you can't really argue it. He no, really was. He was. Well I mean they, they could argue they could argue it, which is why it's great that he put it on there. So yeah. EIB network, of course, with talent on loan from God. <laughs> Uh, all right, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. I'm in D.C., which is going to be barricaded up here now till like, I guess, the middle of May. Um, so we'll see you in May. Exactly. All right, 844-995-3762. If you want to be a part of the program, talk to Harry, talk to Parker. 844-995-3762. That's 99LFS6B, I believe. Uh, we're back right after this. Studio 6B, 30 past the hour. 
live from the nation's capital at world headquarters here for actually it's not world headquarters but washington dc headquarters for real america's voice world headquarters for just the news uh john solomon's fantastic outfit um uh, mr solomon was not here today but hopefully we'll uh, catch up maybe tomorrow uh 844-995-3762 is the number if you want to talk to harry oates or parker both answering the phone tonight because harry was a little overwhelmed last time we did this talking to the absolutely fantastic live from studio 6b audience so parker is is helping harry tonight so 844-995-3762 we can take double the calls here as we did uh, a couple weeks ago when we did this so um, all right, Rick Delgado's in doing news, and he's going to do what even is that top of the hour. Rick Amorati will do sports coming up here in a little bit. But, um, you know, I've said this to you before on this show, that Pelosi is very uh, fascistic in the way that she runs the House of Representatives. Of course, this is hardly what, what I would consider at this point representative government. When you look at this H.R. 1 bill, I wanted to get to this yesterday. in. Um, the Heritage Foundation put out a big piece about it. But you look at what Pelosi's doing on this bill. There's no hearings. They keep trying to ram these through in the middle of the night. There's no process. There's no committee hearings. So your representative that you sent there um, is barely getting a chance to read some of this until it hits the floor. And again, you have no You have no outlet to make your voice heard. Not to your local representative, not to your congressman, not to your senator. And she just keeps ramming these things through. Biden keeps signing executive orders. I mean, this is hardly looking at what's going on right now. Besides all the other issues at the border, uh, what's going on in the energy, what's going on at the pump, what's going on with so many things. Um, Joe Biden acting like the executive and the legislative branch so far with 50-something-plus executive orders. But the other part of this is that this is hardly what I would think you in the, or the founders or anyone would consider representative government. And that's not even to, to talk about the fact that these bills are only designed to empower the Democratic Party. So let's just work our way through some of the highlights of this. And I know you say, well, you talked about, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is a huge deal that they're trying to ram through here. Uh, so what, according to the Heritage Foundation, what would H.R. 1 do? And I'll give you the highlights here. Seize the authority of the states. Now, we've been over on this show, I can't tell you how many times, most of you probably pull your hair out, or, or you've been educated about Article 2, Section 1, Clause, uh, clause 2, in that the state legislatures are supposed to set the foundations for these elections. The power is vested to the state legislatures to um, time and place and how these elections are supposed to be run. And what the Democratic Party did last year, what Mark Elias did last year, sending all these attorneys out and going into these courts and getting going into places like Pennsylvania where you had Act 77 and we've talked about all of this and and we've brought a new floor in now for voting in this country. The Supreme Court 
didn't do their job, kicked a can down the road, and then wouldn't even hear the case. Wouldn't hear Texas's case. Wouldn't hear Representative Mike Kelly's case from Pennsylvania about Act 77, which was clear cut as you can be. State Constitution of Pennsylvania was violated. Act 77 never went to two consecutive meetings of the legislature, never went to the people for a vote. Even the littlest of things never was printed in the, in the local paper, as it says it's supposed to be, I believe. So none of it was followed. Uh, you had things in Georgia, you had things in Michigan, you had things in Wisconsin, Nevada, all these places where the federal constitution was violated and, and most states' constitutions were violated on how elections and how votes are accepted or not accepted. Things you would have done 10 months before November 3rd, election day, this year, wouldn't, votes would not have been accepted. But on that day, they were accepted. If they were late, if they didn't have signature, if they didn't have postmark, things that would have never gotten by got by. And so now this HR1 is going to try to codify all of that, take all the power away from the states. Early voting, automatic voter registration, same-day registration, online voter registration, no-fault absentee balloting. Now, if you have an IQ higher than 10, and you even just stop at this point and look at what I just said, now why would anybody push for that? How does that make voting in this country more secure? And they keep using this HR1 as some kind of um, almost like civil rights actions, like it's gonna help the African-American community they, 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 you hear them, oh, Martin Luther King, they invoke his name. They invoke all these kinds of uh, things here. They try to push all the hot topic buttons and all right. the propaganda that they would have somehow supported. How, how does this help anybody of any color taking the authority away from the states? No fault absentee balloting, making it easier to commit fraud. How does that help African Americans around the country? How does that help anybody around the country? It, it doesn't. And again, like you said, all they have to do is scream, it's racist if you think it doesn't. And that's how they scare people into going, well, I guess I got to back off, which which most politicians, because they're politicians and not human, um, that's what they do. They, they they protect themselves. Well, I guess, you know, we, we, we got to make sure we're helping people. Um, no, this is actually and you're right. You're actually hurting people. It's actually. It's actually racist to actually say what they're saying, but they ha- they flipped everything on its ear, and you know, again, it- it's this bizarro world we're living in right now. Thanks to the Democrats, um, it would hurt voter turnout through 15 days of mandated early voting, degrade the accuracy of register. Now we've talked about chain of custody in this last election and what a disaster it was everywhere. From the voter rolls all the way through um, voting day. Chain of custody was a disaster everywhere. This degrades it even more. Degrades the accuracy of registration lists by requiring states to automatically register all individuals. Now, see, you have to listen to the actual words they use. Right. It doesn't say citizens. It says all individuals. Now, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Well, we know why. 
but you have to pay attention to the actual words they use. All individuals. Uh, this would register large numbers of ineligible voters, including aliens, and cause multiple or duplicate registrations of the same individuals and put federal agencies in charge of determining a person's uh, domicile for voting purposes. Meaning, what state they're ta- where do they pay their taxes, where do they technically live? Um, constitutes a recipe for massive voter registration fraud by hackers and cyber criminals through online voter registration. So I go, again, I ask, how does this help anybody? The African-American community thinks this helps them? Reading some of these bullet points that this, this is going to do? Of course not. Of course not. This is about powering and empowering the Democratic Party so that the Democratic Party is the government, is the party. It's a one-party country. It's California. It's New York. It's iron-fisted, top-down, one-party country. That's what they want. They will stop at nothing before they get it. They will push every hot-button propaganda topic they can. They will claim this is for the betterment of you, the voter. And it's not. It's clearly not. We know the difference. But it doesn't matter. Um, Continuing here at the Heritage. Require states to count ballots cast by voters outside of their assigned precincts. Mandate no-fault absentee ballots, which are the tool of choice for vote thieves. It would ban witness signature or notary requirements for absentee ballots. Force states to accept absentee ballots received up to 10 days after election day. Require states to allow vote trafficking, vote harvesting. It would prevent election officials from checking the eligibility. Now, again, just think about this. <laughs> why, are you, why would you be pushing for this? Prevent election officials from checking the eligibility and qualifications of voters and removing ineligible voters. Uh, making it almost impossible for nonpartisan organizations to verify the accuracy of the registration rolls and prohibit states from using undeliverable election mail as a basis for challenging a registrant's eligibility. It would ban state voter ID laws by forcing states to allow individuals to vote without an ID and merely signing a statement in which they claim they are who they say they are. (laughs) So if 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 you come across the border illegally and that doesn't bother you, are we supposed to think that you're um, going to be somehow truthful when you go to vote? Oh, no, yeah, it's, it's me. This is me. Don't worry about it. This says you're Bill Gates. No, that's, that's me, Bill Gates. Okay. Ban state voter ID laws. Violate the First Amendment with respect to a vast range of legal activity. Hindering, interfering, or preventing anyone from registering or voting which is so vague and so broad that it could prevent providing any information to election officials about the ineligibility of an individual. It would expand regulation and government censorship of campaigns and political activity and speech, including online and policy-related speech. And that's a big one. That should scare everybody who listens to it. So you're not allowed to talk about it? Expand regulation and government censorship. The fact that they have to use censorship in the description would be the first thing I'd pay attention to. 
and political activity and speech, including online and policy-related speech. H.R. 1 would impose onerous legal and administrative compliance burdens and costs on candidates, citizens, civic groups, unions, corporations, nonprofits. Many of these provisions violate the First Amendment, protect incumbents, and reduce the accountability of politicians to the public. Its onerous disclosure requirements for nonprofit organizations would subject their members and donors to intimidation and harassment. The modern equivalent of the type of disclosure requirements the U.S. Supreme Court in NAACP versus Alabama held violated associated rights protected by the 14th Amendment. Reduced the number of federal election commission members from six to five. Well, why would you do that? If you've got three to three, and it's three Republicans, three Democrats, now they want to go to five. Well, wonder why. Not too hard to figure out. Um, Prohibit state election officials from participating in federal elections. Require states to restore the ability of felons to vote. Uh, Transfer the right to draw congressional districts, which is another big one. Uh, So this H.R. 1 is a total disaster. And Pelosi's trying to push it through in the middle of the night. And uh, you have no say, and your elected representatives barely have one. All right, sports, when we get back, what even is that? After that, more news. And we'll get to uh, Crazy Town, some clips from the press briefing today as well. Good stuff coming up. Live from Studio 6B, glad you're in on a Tuesday. You want to be a part of the program? Call right now, 844-995-3762. Harry Oates and Parker are taking calls. 844-995-3762. Tell them anything you want, whatever's on your mind about the show, about something we're talking about, whatever you want to do. 844-995-3762. If you don't want to wait on hold there, you can always send me an email, lfs6b at yahoo.com. The boys back in New York are following the chat on Twitch. Make sure you follow us on our social media at LFS6B on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch as well, uh, Parlor, and then Instagram, LFS6B Show. It's time now to do some sports in here. With that is Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D, Rick D, the Demon, and Yahoo Baby on Twitch says, I'll take Harry and the points. So, must have known the sports report was coming up. <laughs> and right okay. now we have NCAA men's basketball. A couple of finals. We got 18 games in action. We're going to try to cover them all, Big D. So, BYU over Pepperdine, 82-77. to BYU's Alex Barcelo with 23 points. Miami of Florida over Pittsburgh, 79-73. Uh, Pittsburgh in a losing efforts, Femi Odukal with 28 points. Uh, also, Duke... Uh, 86 to 51 over Boston College. DJ Stewart with 17 for Duke for the Blue Devils. Um, Iona took care of uh, Quinnipiac 72 to 48. That's a final. And Long Beach State 85 to 63 over Cal State Northern Ridge. And then uh, uh, SCLA Southeastern Louisiana over McNeese State. 
71 to 68. And St. Mary's right now leading Bryant 56-53. Wake Forest over Notre Dame 61-49. Both of those are in the second half. Uh, Manhattan over Fairfield 29-24 in the first half. And uh, Rice leads Southern Miss 27-20 also first half. Continuing with the NCAA, we got Cleveland State over Oakland, 55-42. That's in the second. Drexel, 47-42 over Elon, also in the second. At halftime, um, we have Southern Miss and uh, Rice. That's actually uh, 18-15, low-scoring game. NHL action tonight. Bruins and Islanders tied at one at the end of two periods. Buffalo Sabres over the Philadelphia Flyers, 4-3. to three. That's in the second. End of second, Panthers over the Blue Jackets, 2-1. to one. Lightning, 2-1 to one over the Red Wings, end of first. Blackhawks and Stars, Stars leading 1-0. That's early first. Rangers trail the Penguins, 3-2. That is in the third. Hurricanes over the Predators, uh, 2-1. to one. Jets lead the Maple Leafs, 3-2 to two in the second. And uh, Capitals all over the Devils, 4-1. to one. That's also in the second. Gonzaga Bulldogs remain number one. Baylor Bears back to number two in the AP 25 that came out earlier today. Big D. Gonzaga's bid to go, Gonzaga's bid to go wide or wire to number one is in its final week. The Zags received 61 of 63 first place votes from a media panel in the AP's Men College Basketball Poll released uh, yesterday as they attempt to become the first wide or wire number one since Kentucky did it in 2014-2015 season. So you have Gonzaga, Baylor at number two, Illinois the S is silent as always and then and number three Michigan number four Iowa rounds out the top five so we'll uh, keep an eye on that as we go into Selection Sunday big big month for college basketball and we know we're all big fans we'll be keeping track of all that um, and uh, Les Miles is out as the Kansas Jayhawks head football coach this is Chris Lowe reporting ESPN senior writer Les Miles is out as Kansas head football coach three days after he was placed on administrative leave amid accusations of inappropriate behavior toward female students during his head coaching tenure at LSU. He's probably going to look to try and coach maybe Albany. He can get there a little closer to the governor there. Sounds like the same kind of scam going on here. Uh, Kansas Athletic Director Jeff Long on Friday said the university would be conducting a full review to determine the appropriate steps on Miles' future and late Monday evening announced they had mutually agreed to part ways. On Thursday, a report released on half of LSU showed that a 2013 internal investigation at the school accused Miles of inappropriate behavior toward female students, including allegations he contacted contacted some via t- Facebook and text, met them off canvas alone, and kissed at least one of them. So uh, he said, uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, what he said was he was mentoring young women at the university. So, you know, so long to uh, Les Miles in the Kansas football program, which hasn't been doing good the last few years if you follow Kansas. So good riddance, I'm sure, on their end for many reasons. Number one being those allegations. Um, and NBA News, uh, Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce, and Rick Adelman among the 2021 Hall of Fame finalists announced earlier today. This is from HoopsRumors.com's Luke Adams. The Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame has announced 14 finalists for the class of 2021 election, according to a press release. These nine players and five coaches are the candidates to be named Hall of Famers when this year's class is announced on May 16th. Finalists are uh, also, you know, along with Chris Bosch, is uh, Tim Hardaway Sr., uh, Lauren Jackson from the WNBA, along with Yolanda Griffin, Paul Pierce, the great Boston Celtic, uh, probably a first ballot 
Ben Wallace, the old Detroit Piston, and of course Chris Weber and the coaches Rick Adelman. This is his first year being uh, being nominated, so we'll see where that goes and keep an eye. That'll come out May 16th, NBA. And just one more story, Big D. Um, PGA Tour not planning for COVID-19 vaccine passports for fans. This is from Zach Wisnink in my favorite site, Yard Barker. Uh, love Yard Barker for sports. Uh, like other sports leagues and competitions throughout the United States, the PGA Tour is slowly but surely opening events to percentages of paying spectators as COVID-19 vaccine rollouts continue. One hot-button topic likely to be addressed by league executives and ticket brokers is the idea of so-called coronavirus vaccine passports. Um, the idea is, uh, you know, obviously they'll have their passports to come in. However, according to Bob Harrig of ESPN PGA, Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan told reporters on Tuesday he's currently not considering opening tournaments only to those who have been vaccinated. I think that hopefully we're getting to a point sooner rather than later where that's not a scenario we need to mandate, Monahan said. That's the reality with the way people have responded to the opportunity to be vaccinated. Monahan added that the Tour intends to continue to enforce mass decrees at events and tournaments. So PGA not looking to do COVID-19 passports, that's a relief. There's one that I may be able to go if I don't get the vaccination. And that's a wrap in sports. All right. Very good, Rick. Um, So 844-995-3762, by the way, if you want to be part of the program, Harry and Parker taking calls, 844-995-3762. Joe Biden was out and about today. And um, Jen Psaki said he's done 40 Q&As. Well, he did another one today. Uh, This is um, cut eight, G. Here's Joe Biden at the end of this event he was at. Roll that. Let's go. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. So another Q&A there. Put it in the books. That's number 41. That was awesome. Um, wow. Joe looked like he was asking the guy where the milk was. Where's the milk <laughs> dial? I can't find it from here. Uh, wh- why that's is he another, wa- That's another. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he walking around looking like uh, Hannibal Lecter with his double mask? He, he looks terrible. And lost. Yeah, lost. So like I said, he looked like he was like, where's the milk? Where, 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 where am I going here? Where I don't even know what market? kind of a store he's at. Industrial supply store, it says. Holy he just looked, He just looked lost. Wow. And, of course, there's the press trying to get, you know, even something out of him. And that would qualify right there. That qualifies <laughs> that as a Q&A. A wow. Yeah, that's a presser. That's what she's talking about. Talk about having a screw loose. I saw um, (laughs) somebody somebody in the media tweeted that today and said, uh, Joe Biden once again ignores. And I wrote him back and saying, I think it was Britt Hume from Vox. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, no. That counts as a presser. I don't know if you've heard Jen Psaki. He's done 40 Q&As. That's number 41. That is number 41 right there. You can't say that that's, oh, no, that's it. Well, I, I definitely heard Qs. I don't think I heard any As, though. Did he say yeah, a word? No, or? No. Yeah, no. No, there's a couple As there, but it ain't the kind of <laughs> we're talking about. Wow. All right. What even is that coming up? More sports, more news. 844 
995-3762. If you want to be a part of the program, hold the line. We'll get to as many calls as we can. Parker and Harry actively taking calls. I saw Bernie. Bernie Sanders was sitting in with the boys. We'll see if we can get... Oh, there's Bernie. (laughs) Bernie's sitting in. Bernie will take some calls, too. 844-995-3762. We're back with Hour 2. Now we get in there. I will take some calls when we get back. from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. I am live from the uh, nation's capital. Tried to um, get into the press briefing room today. I was unsuccessful. Um, But uh, I did see a little bit of Washington, D.C. today. Um, And I am at Real America's Voice headquarters here in D.C. I mean, we are just like two blocks from the White House. I mean, it's right here. And um, Harry and Parker are taking calls here in the... um, Real America's Voice Studios, world headquarters here of Just the News. And um, the guys are in New York. Rick Delgado's going to uh, do some news. He's doing double duty tonight. What even is that's coming up? Rick Amorati's going to have sports. We're taking phone calls. I've got some more things to do. We've got some crazy towns to get to. We've got some Jen Psaki to get to. You know, Tom Cotton today, I know Paul's not on the show tonight, but Paul nailed this yesterday. And it was almost as if Tom Cotton was Tom Cotton, Senator Cotton was listening to this program last night because he went on the floor today and talked about specifically uh, Amazon books and exactly what Paul was talking about last night. So I'll play you that clip. I mean, it was it was almost weird when I saw it. I was this is exactly what we talked about. Well, Tom but does Paul watch brought the up show. The specific books. Yeah, Tom watches the um, show. He, he's told me. Um, yeah, that's doubtful. But um, all right, so and um, it's time now for one of my favorite new segments here on the show, and that would be Rick Delgado with what even is that? All right, Dame. Well, uh, well, as you mentioned, we were talking about some culture stuff, and this past week, well, the culture of America moved up to number eleven on the amplifier of stupid when we suffered another insane setback uh, when it was reported this. School officials in Virginia directed teachers not to connect the 23rd annual uh, literacy celebration Read Across America with the 117th anniversary of the birth of Dr. Seuss author Theodore S. Gazelle because his books allegedly have strong racial undertones. Yeah. <laughs> Scary, <laughs> right? Oh my yeah. God, that Dr. Seuss, he's crazy. Well, I don't think we need to go any further without first uttering, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. What even is that? Come yeah. on. At what Come point on. are we going to stop as a nation trying to link every single thing to racism enough already 
But instead of descending into a rant about, you know, the obvious, I thought I'd approach this from a slightly different perspective. Hence, I okay. give you the whap in the hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this will be banned on Amazon, too. Um, <laughs> the song is called WAP, and they say yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. three words linked together. I'm not allowed to say. Yeah. It's from Cardi B, and now enjoy this verse. But it's not what you think, because her rhyming couldn't get much worse. She sings, make me scream, out in public, make a scene. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. I Mm. told you it was whack, but don't take it from me. On a scale of stink, stank, stunk, it's 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. Yeah. She goes on in the song with words that begin with N, P, and A, shouting and cursing things Dr. Seuss would never say. But they say he's the racist. <laughs> no good for young minds. So they cart out this little slut who shakes and shacks and shooks her behind. Yeah. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Cancel Dr. Seuss, but let her sing about another dish? I'm confused. And like you, my brain has gotten numb. While his books are made for kids, her music is made for not a single one. So yeah. if you're like me with so much to juggle but think this is wrong and want to reject this kerfuffle, you need to pay attention because our way of life is in trouble. With brains in our heads and feet in our shoes, we can steer this country in a direction we choose. So fill your house with stacks of books in all the crannies and in all the nooks and make sure your kids, whether they become doctors or cooks, let them know today you are that is truer than true. There is no one alive that is truer than you. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. So let's fight for Dr. Seuss and all he's meant to you and me. And I'm sure he's been read even by the likes of Cardi B. But in this fight for our culture, I think we just hit DEFCON 3. And there you have it. Yeah. Very good. Rectal with what even is that? Yep. And um, thank you. The idea. Now, if you've if you've heard that song, <laughs> and many many songs, <laughs> yes, by her. The you'd never. I mean, have you ever heard a Democrat, anyone on the left, ever talk about the music these kids are listening to? No. And listen, this is coming from someone who was a music major in college, so I understand all the genres and appreciate the art. And the, I mean, there are fantastic, whatever genre you, whether she's considered hip hop or rap, whatever you consider her. Um, I mean, there's, there are some, fant- growing up, I, I mean, there's fantastic uh, groups that, I mean, change the culture. Run DMC, Eric B. and Rakim, Rakim himself, one of the greatest ever. I mean, there's plenty but the, 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 what these kids are listening to today, and it never gets any attention. And it never gets any attention from any of these politicians who are quick to, to point out a statue they don't like, a book they don't like, or this, they don't. The, the music and the lyrics, the degradation of women in all of these videos and the music, never, ever are they outraged about that. No. And it's amazing, too, because she interviewed, she interviewed Joe Biden. Right? Yes, she did. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm not crazy. Yes, yes. 
And meanwhile, <laughs> you listen to it. You don't even have to listen to the music. You know what? Just just do an internet search and pull up the song WAP and read through the lyrics yourself. And yeah. you'll be dumbfounded at what passes for art. Because there's really, I mean, okay, you're cursing a lot. Great. What else you got? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not into deciding what's art and what's not art. I'm. I'm cool with the, with all the art stuff, no matter what it is. I, to me, I, I don't think government should be getting involved in deciding what's art. Uh, to me, it's more the principle of, you know, they're they're so quick to tell us um, what they're offended by, but yet it seems that they're never offended by some of the the music, <laughs> the lyrics, the um, like I said, the, 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 how women are portrayed in some of these videos and these songs, right? How, um, I, I never, I didn't hear a lot of outrage about when the president was the former president was being, um, shot in these videos where they had, um, beheaded. they made it look like he was getting beheaded or shot in the head. Snoop Dogg, I think. Yeah. They did that. Uh, I mean, they I, did that play yeah, in central Kathy park. Right? On, yeah. I didn't hear. I didn't hear the same outrage, the moral outrage that they get with Green Eggs and Ham and, and the Muppets and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. I mean, it's just, it's just dumbfounding. It's just, it, makes your, it just makes your head numb when you think about it. But you're absolutely right. It's, 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 it's you know, the moral outrage and what they choose to be outraged by is just, uh, you got to just check your common sense at the door. So, uh, very good, Rick. Uh, all right, let's get to a couple other things here. So, Saki was asked today about the border. Cut one, G. Let's just start there because this is a continuing a disaster, self-inflicted wound by this administration. Uh, she was asked about the border facility in a visit by the administration officials. Here's what she said. Cut one, roll it. Uh, this is from yesterday, just so you know. The readout of the visit to the border said that they discussed capacity needs for unaccompanied children. Will they be making recommendations to the president? Is there a, a need for more capacity? Well, well, we know just purely yes. by the numbers, Steve, that there is going to be a need, right? Because we have um, a large number of kids, uh, unaccompanied children, who are coming across the border. We've made a policy decision as an administration that uh, the humane and moral approach is to keep these kids safe and get them into facilities that are safe. There are some limitations, uh, which I know many of you are familiar with, because of COVID restrictions and protocols uh, that reduce the capacity at a number of these sites. CDC also put out some guidelines. You, many of you may have seen, I believe it was on Thursday or Friday, that will allow for increased capacity at some of these sites. But it, it is an area, it is an area of policy discussion. How will we continue to accommodate in a safe and humane way these kids? And our objective remains moving them as quickly as possible out of the border. Border Patrol facilities. In order to do that, we need to have shelter facilities that are safe, that have access to educational resources, legal resources, health and medical resources, and we need to ensure we have capacity to do that. I know this administration has said over and over again, it's not the right time to come. Mm -hmm. They've they talked to children, they talked to officials. Has that message been reached to the, to the immigrants who are coming across our borders? 
Well, uh, you know, I think first I'm, I'm going to uh, allow the president to receive the briefing first before we talk about it more publicly. But I will also say just an expectation set that this is a normal part of an internal pro policy process. And I don't anticipate that we're going to give extensive briefings about internal policy processes or internal discussions that a po the policy team will have with the president. They went there because the president asked them to go because he wanted to hear and understand tangibly what's happening on the ground and you know having sat in on briefings with him about this issue the questions he asks are how many teachers are there what specific steps can be done to improve the processes of the timeline of how quickly kids get from um, from shelter facilities into homes what's the log jam in the process these are the kinds of things that he's looking for more detailed information on and I think he wanted to hear tangibly from people who had recently visited the facilities on the ground hence they went but you know any policy discussion will be yeah, private gee, as any policy <laughs> yeah Biden's looking up. for I mean, details it's, <laughs> it's just there, there is no policy they have no policy they, to, if, if you're going to continue to say well we're going to search for the most human then you're never going to get a grip on it which is they're never going to get a grip on it. Now, Florida today and Governor DeSantis sued uh, the Biden administration for failure to take custody of people who have uh, served jail sentences uh, for burglary, drug trafficking, other crimes for what's going on at the border. Migrant criminals who were incarcerated, making us all less safe. Attorney General Ashley Moody said Tuesday that President Biden's reversal of these immigration policies are making the people in her state less safe. Convicted criminals that would be, have been deported under the Trump administration, including President Trump and even President Obama, are now walking free in Florida. These policy reversals make us all less safe. So this is the first challenge to some of this immigration policy from this administration, and we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. More news with Rick Delgado coming up. More sports, crazy town. And your phone calls, 844-995-3762. 844-995-3762. We're back right after this. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. I'm in D.C. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219. Guys, I like Biden. Uh, Pluto TV, Channel 240. I'm <laughs> um, here at the uh, Real America's Voice headquarters and studio in D.C. Tried to get into the press briefing today. They wouldn't let me in. So I'm um, here doing the show instead. Um, I had good questions for Jen Psaki. Questions that she would have, well, no answer to. Because there are no answers to most of these things. So. But let's do the news right now, and here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? 
All right, Damon. Well, speaking of uh, Jen Psaki and the, the Biden administration, this happened about a week ago. Um, State Department spokesman Ned Price clashed with a reporter during a press briefing at the White House. And you may not have heard much about it. Uh, the tense exchange erupted as Price was boasting about the administration's efforts to scale back the controversial Nord Stream 2 pipeline from Russia to Germany. And uh, actually, here we have a clip of that exchange, uh, Rology. I mean, I think that demonstrates uh, that our strategy, including the legislative strategy, the strategy that, of course, Congress um, is um, uh, has been behind, um, has been working to good effect. So we'll continue to work closely with Germany. We'll continue to work closely uh, with our other allies and partners uh, in Europe to uphold Europe's own stated uh, energy security goals. It's a bit disingenuous to claim credit for the 18 companies winding down. All of this work was done under the previous administration. You guys have only been in month for, I mean, only been in office for a month, right? Are you telling me that in the last four weeks, these 18 companies all of a sudden decide to say, oh, my God, we better not do anything with I am speaking for the United. You guys are taking credit for stuff that the previous administration did. I am not. I am speaking for the Department of State. The people who have been working this, the people who are working this now were the same people a month ago, were the same people three months ago, three months ago. So I. So there you have it. Associate Press reporter Matt Lee. Uh, that's Where his name, as is you Matt can tell. Lee, is Matt Lee in Washington, D.C. tonight? Because I want to take him for steak dinner. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I mean, that's as good. I mean, that's as good as I've... Um, I mean, that's, that's just fantastic. That's great. Yeah, and, and that's the types of questions Jen Psaki should be getting. Um, and, and some of the pushback, too, when you think about it, because she's just up there, you know, just kind of babbling words together. But this guy, you know, Mr. Lee from the Associated Press actually, you know, called him out on it. So, look, you guys, you're trying to take credit for things that have been going on already. Let's get Mr. Lee in the briefing room for Jen Psaki when she talks about this vaccine programs and what they're doing and how they're moving things up and pushing things down the road. They've done nothing to push anything down the road. Nothing. Yeah. They are doing exactly what he said there they're doing on the vaccine rollouts too. They're riding the coattails of President Trump and the former administration. They are doing nothing to bring anything new to the table, to push it down the road. And we're supposed to just magically believe because Joe Biden there and picked up his finger once. Of course, probably to just scratch his head and go, where the hell am I? Uh, we're supposed to believe that they moved everything up a month. And all of a sudden now there's just enough vaccines magically for everyone to get one before May. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we need him in the briefing room because that was fantastic. So, yeah, all so right, what else is going on in the news, Rick? Uh, this one's going to warm your heart, I believe, because a county prosecutor is floating charges, floating the idea of charging Gretchen Whitmer over nursing home deaths. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I saw this on the New York Post and I actually got hot. <laughs> I got hot under the collar when I read the headline. I mean, oh, all right. man, come on. I'm not going to do the story then. No, I'm kidding. Uh, a prosecutor from a large Michigan, Michigan county raised the prospect of charging Governor Gretchen Whitmer over the thousands of coronavirus-related deaths that occurred in nursing homes in the state of Michigan. Uh, Macomb County Prosecutor Peter Lucendo said criminal charges could be in the works if families of victims are able to obtain the vital information about the circumstances of their death and take that to local police and make a complaint of a wrongful death. 
Medical privacy laws prevent Lucindo from getting the information, but not the family members. If we find that there's been willful neglect of office, if we find there's been reckless endangerment of a person's life by bringing them in when they when they would have been moved forward, uh, then we would have moved forward with charges, of course. Nobody is above the law in this state, he said. Lucindo told uh, the news in January he wanted the Prosecutors Association to assemble a blue ribbon committee to review these nursing home deaths. And he said the public deserves nothing less. We generally don't they comment. They should be doing this. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Rick. They should be doing this in New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Illinois, California, and there's probably a couple I'm missing. Yeah. Jersey. It's not just Cuomo. He may have been the most egregious, um, but it's not just him. Yeah, and I know uh, Governor Phil Murphy out of, out of New Jersey. Cara, yes. New is Jersey, also, I yep. Is also currently trying to, um, I want to say, uh, get in front of this, so to speak. Because I heard that he released a statement yesterday saying, no, 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 things were done. Things were done correctly. But I think he's starting to get looked at as well. So some nervous people on the uh, that hold governor's offices that just happen to be Democrats. Okay. Um, 844-995-3762. 844-995-3762. I see Harry Oates is not on a phone call for the first time. So obviously we need to get the phones fired up here. 844 995 3762 the news with rick continues all right now i know you didn't want to spend any time talking about Meghan markle and, and prince harry and oprah Ugh, but please <laughs> the queen has actually responded buckingham palace on tuesday issued a statement on behalf of the queen <laughs> yeah, she probably did it just like that. Addressing the revelations from Prince Harry and wife Meghan Markle in their recent Oprah Winfrey interview. Uh, the statement read, The whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Meghan and Harry. Uh, the issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollection, recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. The brief statement ends, Harry, Meghan, and son Archie are always, will always be much-loved family members. Of course, if you remember... Jinsaki, write that for her? <laughs> well, you know what? It's a brilliant, uh, brilliant statement because everybody expected, well, they're going to come out swinging and, you know, kind of take it to them. And instead, they totally diffused it, saying, you know what? We, we, we understand there were some challenges there. Let's handle this internally and privately. Boom totally kills you know any of the uh any of the venom i think uh you know people were trying to stir up between the the uh the royal family and these two i'll tell you one thing i know for sure this interview with oprah got better ratings than the nba all-star game did, did it <laughs> yeah it did i could tell you that for sure oh, so man somebody cares about them <laughs> but it wouldn't be here in this studio as i asked everybody today around here if they cared about it at all and of course no no? Harry was the only one who cared. I was going to say, Harry looks like he would care. <laughs> Harry's into the Royals. Yeah. So, but he's the only one. Everybody else said, get lost. So, all right, what else is in the news? All right. Well, it turns out that a, um, oh, we talked about Gretchen Whitmer. Sorry about that. Um, turns out that Judicial Watch is looking for a little bit of information. They want to find out more about uh, Nancy Pelosi's coup attempt back in January. Government watchdog Judicial Watch wants to know more about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's behavior 
and actions on January 8th of 2021 when she called General Mark Milley in an attempt to take away then-President Trump's military authority. The group has issued Mm -hmm. a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit against the uh, Defense Department for details of the call. The lawsuit demands any and all records regarding, concerning, or related to the telephone call between House Speaker Pelosi and General Mark Milley on or about January 8th, and any and all transcripts, recordings, and summaries of the call, as well as other records. So... It'll be interesting to see how far that goes, because that's not the first time, she, you know, they already mentioned they want to take the new codes away from Biden. I'd like to get the full report on what she knew and when she knew it about the six, too, by the way. Yeah. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Great show from the nation's capital. Great audience involvement today. 844-995-3762. Got about a half hour left if you want to get your opinion to Harry or Parker. Call now, 844-995-3762. We'll do some more emails, more sports. Crazy Town coming up. We're back right after this. the hour live from studio 6b live from the nation's capital i am at the headquarters of real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 parker and harry taking calls from the great live from studio 6b audience 844-995-3762 oh man we're getting a lot of a um, lot of great feedback on parker here that we may have to make this more harry might be fired for like the 10th time and parker <laughs> may be in uh may be coming in permanently uh, a couple things from the audience. Parker just gave me a couple things. Rachel from Port Charlotte, Florida, is a huge fan of this show, and she turns a hundred. Get out! Wow, coming up, her really? Birthday. Wow. What do you think of that? Come on, awesome. I mean, I'm I'm almost. I mean, that's just fantastic. You got to. And she gotta... called in. She called in to talk to Parker to tell him how much she loves the show, and she turns a hundred. Rachel from Port Charlotte, Florida. So happy birthday. Yeah. God bless. And thank you so much for your support. And then also, uh, someone called in and wanted to know where Dr. Jill Biden, the first lady, is when it comes to Joe Biden and his clear problems here. And people go as far as say it's elder abuse. And I mean, it's hard to argue that. Like where? I mean, listen. I mean, nobody knows what goes on in the background, you know, in families like this. And, and it's, um, I mean, we have fun with it. I say this all the time. We have fun with it in crazy town, but it's not, it's not funny. It's not a joke. He, 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 this is the most stressful, important job in the world. He is 80 years old. He is clearly not the same person he was even three, four, five, ten, certainly not eight, nine when he was vice president. Yeah. It just is a matter of fact. And at some point, I guess you, I guess you would hope that if, if Dr. Jill Biden really thought that his health was an, an issue, that they, something would be done. And I have to think that's probably the case. Well, I, I'm going to think opposite of that. Because, let's face it, she's been with him how long now? Since the early 70s? Uh, she's part of the problem. She's part of the grift. She's one of them. I, 
You know? I understand you can say that. You can say that. But what I'm saying is there's no husband or wife, if you're happily married, that is going to let the, uh, their significant other get to the point where it seriously is impeding or putting him in danger. Uh, and in this, in this case, you have to say putting the country at danger, possibly, as far as the government running. So it's a good question, but I have to, I have to hope that as much as I, I disagree with everything about this administration, I would have to hope that if it came down to something being seriously wrong, somebody would take some action. Well, and at this point, she must not feel that way. No, but and, that's just that's just me. You know, and, and again, I'm I'm going to disagree. I, I, to me, I don't see them as that type of person, as a, as those types of people. Um, just just their background. Just see what they've done throughout the years. She's been she's been there every step of the way. She helped raise those kids. We know what Hunter's turned into. You see what kind of person Joe Biden really is. We've seen his actions throughout the years, and she hasn't said word one about it. She, and, and you know what? And the one thing you brought up was if they were if they were happily married. I don't think so. I think she's seen enough of this guy no, throughout the that, years. No, I'm just, saying, I, I'm just making uh, 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 this is an observation. Because of his actions throughout the years with touching people and grabbing women and girls and stuff like that, she's seen enough. She's seen what, this, what these, these people are. But she's, she's, you know, let's face it, she's an enabler. She's in it for what she can get out of it. Once he's gone, she's going to be, woo, I'm going to be, uh, you know, living it up. That's just the way I feel. And, that, and again, I mean, that's I my opinion. I think, there's probably, I think there's probably people that would agree with you. I, I try to, well. I think there's probably people who probably agree with you, and right. maybe more than, than than would agree with me. So, and believe me, uh, I, right, I think our- I was going to say I think people want to believe that 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 you know that person would step in, and probably you know people in our lives, if we reach that point, would step in and try and make sure we that we stay out of harm's way. I I just don't feel it from them. That's all. Okay. All right. All right let's do our daily peek into the briefing room in today's version of Crazy Town. Roll it, G. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Here we go. Um, the American people have asked a lot of good questions about how this process works, so we thought we'd try to answer some of them. No, uh, that includes those who use the non-filer, por- non-filer portal uh, for previous rounds of payments, which is a question I think somebody asked sort of about yesterday. Sort of. Uh, <clears throat> sort of asked. Uh, obviously, you're only two months into the administration. At this point, is this <laughs> a crisis at the border? Look, I don't think we need to sit here and put new labels on what we have already conveyed is challenging. Uh, This weekend, they are working uh, over the course of every day uh, since then on putting in place policies that can help address what we're seeing and and help ensure that we are uh, keeping these kids safe. So um, first, um, it's a good question. I don't have anything to confirm for you in terms of new facilities. No information about any conversations that are taking place between U.S. and the sure. Under- well, all I was conveying is a commitment to get you an even an expert uh, that can that is involved in these discussions who can help answer your questions. But uh, and we'll think about how people can demonstrate they are vaccinated as we get more people vaccinated. I have heard or seen those those reports. Um, I don't have anything to report out to you. Is there any uh, further 
updates on when the website. The you can ask them about the website. <laughs> Not the website. Not okay, today. you can. Fun you can. Time. I was ready. I'll save that Fun one for next week. Okay. Uh, but on on for possibly next week, uh, is the president uh, chosen a date yet, or working with Congress on a joint address to Congress? And what's that going to look like as far as being virtual yeah. or in person? Uh, I don't have any update. So let me actually just give you because I have a, a little bit more detail here, Caitlin, um, in terms of how it will work. Um, so it still remains, of course, uh, it still is a concerning, uh, a concern. There's still a concerning impact of travel on people who are not vaccinated. Well, these guidelines were, I don't want to get over my skis here as a non, I am not a doctor, oh, um, no. but, God forbid. Uh, and they put out these guidelines because they feel comfortable that, uh, you know, uh, about the data they have, you know, of, co of course, the president abides by the CDC guidelines as no one would, uh, would uh, be expected to hear. Um, but he also believes he needs to be a model for the American people and all citizens. I haven't, this is a great question. I haven't talked to him about how it will impact him personally in that way. I'm happy to venture yeah. to do that or all of you could ask him next time you have the opportunity. Uh, oh, sure. I wouldn't see it as a direct connection to that, no. Uh, this is an opportunity to engage uh, at a, <laughs> engage at a, newbie, um, engage at a high level. Dr. Fauci um, just showed up. First time here, right? Yes. Welcome. Yes. I'm a newbie as well. Good. There you go. <laughs> to uh, on the uh, to get to get access to uh, the benefits from the Affordable Care Act, we've seen a huge um, a huge uh, influx of people who were not previously covered. I would say that um, well, we don't expect or did not receive, I should say, to date Republican votes for the American Rescue Plan. Uh, the individual, the Republicans in D.C. are in, living in the zip code or seem to be outliers in the country, given the majority of people in the country, the majority of Republicans support this package. So maybe it's some, a moment of self-reflection, but the president will continue to leave the door open uh, to work with Republicans on his agenda moving forward. Uh, Japan, Australia, they're, they're key partners uh, to the United, and India, sorry. Well, Nira only pulled herself out of uh, consideration six days ago, if I'm doing my math seven days ago, sorry, if I'm doing my math correctly here. Uh, Champion Major, the President and First Lady's dogs, uh, members of the family, are still getting acclimated and accustomed to their new surroundings and uh, new people. And on Monday, yeah. the First Family's younger dog, Major, was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in oh. a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual, oh. which was handled by the White House now. Medical Unit with no further treatment needed. Mika. It had been previously planned already uh, for <laughs> the dogs to be cared for by family friends in Delaware during Dr. Biden's travels to military bases this week. She has a three-day trip this week, and the dogs will return to the White House soon. Very Another cool. dog's question. Okay, go ahead. Just a, a quick clarification sure. on the dogs. Okay. Um, can you confirm that it was a Secret Service member who was bitten, and can you also reassure the public that Major Biden will not be euthanized as a result of this? Well, certainly Major Biden is a member of the family, so I can assure you that. Uh, I don't have any more details on the individual. Um, I would encourage you to ask the Secret Service, but I'm not going to have any more uh, details other than that. Actual questions. We had all about dogs. We were promised a White House cat. What, what happened to that? Where is the cat? Today's a good day for the, the cat. Um, I don't have any update on the cat. We know the cat <laughs> will break the internet, uh, but I don't have any update on its status. Oh. Okay, thank you everyone. Have a great afternoon. <laughs> okay. Steve Ugh. Smith says the look on the reporter's face is <laughs> like what in Joe's head? Nothing. 
Well, so. in Joe's head, it's probably a, 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 a ring with a gerbil running through it, trying to figure, because that's the other pet that we didn't realize they have there in the White House. Well, I'm sure they have lots of pets. I don't know what's going on in the White House, but she clearly, so right there, you can see she's lying yeah. to Mika Brzezinski, because obviously Mika and Joe are on at 6 a.m., and so she got asked that early in the morning. She clearly knew. Then she goes into the briefing room a couple hours later, and all of a sudden she's got all this information. Well, especially because it happened last week. Wow. So, I mean, come on. Anytime she says I have nothing just means I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to share. So, um, a couple minutes left. So, speaking of Jen Psaki, Red State had an article today. Jen Psaki thinks you're a moron, and she's making it clear we don't really have a president. The situation at the border, they say, is get this is written by Banchi, by the way. The situation at the border is getting worse, specifically regarding the number of migrant children in custody, and the responsibility for that lies solely with Joe Biden, his pursuit of absolutely terrible policies that are encouraging a surge of illegal immigration. Cut four G. Uh, if that's the one I have time for, roll it. There are reports out there that the number of unaccompanied migrants detained at the border has tripled in the last two weeks to 3,200 plus. Is that number accurate? I'm not going to confirm numbers from here. Uh, obviously, the Department of Homeland Security yes. and others are oversee the programs and the engagements that happen at the border. I will say that there are a couple of reasons. Uh, I know Amr asked about our kind of change in policy, but there are a couple of reasons why we think people are coming to the border. Of course, uh, individuals are so fleeing the is yes, countries <laughs> where individuals and families are, you know, they're fleeing prosecution, fleeing violence, fleeing economic hardships and other things. The region has also okay. experienced two hurricanes in the fall, putting further stress on the conditions in these countries and the circumstances that oh. are facing individuals. And all of this right, is taking it. place during oh, the global... Uh, so this is new to me. I, I, this is new to me. So the illegal immigration problem at the border, so you all know, is because that there's hurricanes in the vicinity. That's what she just said. Yeah. Well, that's, that is... That is gold right there, as far as I know. They're fleeing the hurricanes. Hmm. That would be considered a new one to me, which is why the part of this, the part of this article um, is exactly that, that illegal immigrants are flooding the border because there's two hurricanes last fall. And they say the hurricanes here in question hit early November. I'm not great with math, but I'm pretty sure that that was, well, four months ago. All right, sports, wrap it up. More phone calls. Parker's wearing that crazy town shirt, man. That's a good-looking shirt right there. 6bshirts.com if you want to pick one of them up. Crazy town. You won't look as good in it as Parker does, though. All right, sports, more news, more phone calls when we get back right after this. From Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Last chance to get your calls in. Talk to Harry Oates. Talk to Parker, 844-995-3762. Let's do some sports. And here with sports is the one and only Slick, at Slick Rick Sports on Twitter. 
Rick Amorati, what's going on, pal? A big D. Well, we got a little bit of an upset in the making here, a little bit of an upset brewing here with number one Gonzaga right now trailing BYU 47-37. That's late first half. Plenty of time for them to come back, but big boy, boy, they got that number one ranking, you know, wire to wire, and it's uh, it's on the line tonight, big D. I'll tell you, Paul and I are onto something. I think there's going to be a big upset in the Final Four. Um, I wouldn't get so far ahead of yourself yet. Uh, Gonzaga's been down in games before. Yeah, that's And so has Baylor. Now Baylor obviously dropped one, but uh don't don't be uh selling the Zags too short. Mark Few knows what he's doing over there. They'll uh, they got plenty of time. All right. Well, All you right. know what's interesting about that too is that I heard them talking about this earlier today. I forget what network. But they're saying of, of all the teams that uh, Gonzaga is going to face this one, BYU, uh, yeah. it, they're playing BYU, yeah, right? Yeah, bring them young. They, yep. They're the ones that are going to be the biggest problem because they, they BYU has the best career, I guess, you know, over the span of their, their games against each other, has the best uh, record against them. Yep. Good one. ACC BYU tournament. Notre ball. Dame beat Wake Forest 80-77. to 77. Uh, Right now, uh, Mount St. Mary's is leading Bryant 56-53. That's late second half. Fairfield over Manhattan 48-44 also in the second. Uh, Southern Miss leads Rice 49-45. to And uh, NHL action. We had some good games. The New York Islanders just defeated the Boston Bruins 2-1 to in a shootout uh, that in uh, Nassau Coliseum. And the Flyers came back to defeat the Sabres also in a shootout, five to four. Panthers over the Blue Jackets, two to one. That's in the second. And the Lightning over the Red Wings, three to two. Blackhawks uh, trailing the Stars, two to one. And a couple of more finals, Big D. Pittsburgh Penguins, four. New York Rangers, two. Jets over the Maple Leafs, four to three. And the Capitals in overtime. Devils were trailing four to one, but they came back to make it four four. Capitals win five four OT. And uh, heading over to the. Uh, Listen to this story from The Spun. This is Alex Arend. Patrick Mahomes' newborn already has a scholarship offer. Believe it or not, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes' newborn daughter already has a scholarship offer, which she received just two days after being born. The Texas Tech Red Raiders, the Red Raiders, have offered Sterling Sky Mahomes, Patrick's daughter, a scholarship to play soccer. Why soccer? Patrick's significant other, Brittany, played soccer at UT Tyler. She's also the co-owner of the Kansas City uh, NS. SWL, the official women's major soccer league team of Kansas City. This is to certify that Sterling Sky Mahomes will be recommended by the Department of Intercollegiate Athletics at Texas Tech University to receive a scholarship. The scholarship offer reads, if Sterling is anything like her parents, she's going to be a future collegiate star. Texas Tech is already ahead of the crowd in trying to earn her athletic contributions. So how do you like that one, Big D, huh? Mahomes is like, well, like he just, needs a scholarship with that contract. <laughs> that's, uh, I believe, his alma mater as well. So obviously yeah. he came out of Texas Tech, so yep. I think that's probably more of a um, little bit of a show, but good, you know, good. Hey, they're starting early. Good stuff. If my daughter I, could, if my daughter could bank about twenty million now, I'd tell her to do it too. Why not? <laughs> so, right? It's good business. Yeah. A former NBA All-Star Blake Griffin signs a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Adrian Wojnarowski, senior ESPN NBA insider. The Brooklyn Nets have loaded their team. They are going to be the beast of the East. And uh, keep an eye on them. Six-time All-Star forward Blake Griffin has signed a deal with the Brooklyn Nets for the rest of the season, the team announced yesterday. Uh, The Nets are using one of their veteran minimum contract slots to sign Griffin, sources told ESPN. Um, Griffin had an interest from most of NBA team, top playoff NBA contenders, and cleared waivers on Sunday night after agreeing to 
a buyout on the remaining $56.5 million contract left uh, with the Detroit Pistons. So, uh, hey, Brooklyn's going to be stacked, Big D. I don't know who's going to beat that team in the, well, in the East. here's the problem. If Kevin Durant can't get healthy, I don't think they're going to be the beast of anything. And he's continually having problems with his Achilles yeah. that, of course, he tore in the finals, what it was, I guess, two years ago with Golden State. Yep. And um, here's the problem. You can never... When you know of it, it's in your head, and now you're having problems with it this year. Even if he gets back on the court, you're never the same. You're always in the back of your mind, oh, if I push off the wrong way, if I, right. it's just very tough. Without no him, they're not the beast of anything. And, uh, yeah, it affects his hamstring. You're right. It's definitely an issue. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. A lot to go in the, uh, in the NBA. And uh, one more uh, story to end this segment, Big D. Pro Tennis News, uh, Jokovic set all-time record for weeks at world number one. This is an AP report via Yahoo Sports. Novak Jokovic set a new landmark of 311 weeks world number one on Monday. One week longer than Roger Federer, whose tally of a record 20 Grand Slam titles is now firmly in the Serbs' sights. Uh, big day today, the tennis superstar wrote on Twitter. Jokovic, 33, won his 18th major at the Australian. Open last month. It really excites me to walk the paths of legends and giants of this sport, said Jokovic, in a statement released by the ATP, whose rankings have been running since August 23rd, 1973. Jokovic reclaimed the top ranking from Rafael Nadal in February 2020 and finished as year-end number one for the sixth time, tying the record set by Pete Sampras. So Jokovic, 311 consecutive weeks at number one. That's something. Okay. Yep. All right, Rick. That's a wrap. Um... So, you know, we see Jim so- Jen Psaki in the press briefing room not being able to answer questions. Well, her um, incompetence doesn't end there. There are times that she can't answer even the easiest of questions. Roll it, G. Saki, I'm the White House press secretary. You sent your questions on Instagram and Snapchat, and I'm here to answer them. Oh, gosh. What did you have for breakfast this morning? I love breakfast. I would eat breakfast for every meal if that was an option. I will eat any kind of breakfast, pancakes, waffles. It just depends on the day. But I absolutely love breakfast, and I would have it for any meal. Thanks for submitting your great questions. You can reply here and ask more questions, and we'll look forward to doing this again soon. You can't even answer the damn question. <laughs> you did not answer the question once again. So we're not looking forward to doing it again, damn it. What did you have for breakfast was the question. That's it. Oh, oh I love breakfast. I, I can if it's waffles or blueberries or strawberries. I love breakfast. Sometimes I have it once. Sometimes I have it twice. What did you have? <laughs> wow. She can't even answer that. Man. She, it's It's... She's always on briefing room mode. Always. She is on briefing room mode no matter what she's on, where she is, who she's talking to, what questions are being asked. She is on briefing room mode, which means avoid, avoid, avoid. No questions, no answers, no answers, no answers. That's the mode she's in. That's the only mode she has at this point. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like she's a politician. You know, when you ask a politician like a tough question, well, you know, it's just all it's this it's all this fluff and they'll repeat things and say, "Well, you know, that's a very interesting question." No, no kidding. That's why I asked it. Now answer it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I've got a minute 27 here. I want to do this Tom Cotton uh, clip because we talked about this yesterday on the show. This is fantastic. Roll that, Jay. Most Americans know that there are two sexes. 
male and female, and that sex is rooted in science. Most Americans also know that we ought to treat all people, including those who feel conflicted about their gender, with respect and dignity without sacrificing the truth in the process. These beliefs, though, are now under attack from some of the most powerful corporations in the history of the world. Just a few weeks ago, while House Democrats were passing their far-left Equality Act and the left-wing media was busy canceling Dr. Seuss, Amazon quietly erased a book from its online store without notice, without warning, without explanation. That book is When Harry Became Sally, responding to the transgendered moment by Ryan Anderson. Now, Amazon claims it banned this book for violating its brand new policy on hate speech. Of course, that excuse is arbitrary and patently false. You can go to Amazon right now, right now. You can go to Amazon on your phone or on your computer and buy copies of actually hateful books. You can get Hitler's Mein Kampf shipped to your door with free Amazon Prime delivery. You can get the Unabomber Manifesto written by a serial killer who murdered three people and maimed 23 others. You can even get How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I assume the title speaks for itself. salute our military active and active police firefighters first responders emts everybody on the front line thanks everybody on the show thanks parker thanks harry taking all the calls thanks for the emails everything thanks to the live from studio 6b audience you are the best we will see you tomorrow night i'll be back in new york back with you in 22 we'll see you then live from studio 6b